On today's NoosaCast, the magic is alive in downtown Appleton. Tosh had to play hockey dad, but I had a magical conversation with Jennifer Stefani of ADI. We take an old look at new. The Red Smith Banquet throwback this week brings us back to 1994 and Nina native Jill Lieber. She's the journalist that discovered and uncovered the Pete Rose gambling scandal. We finish off the show with a little, it's forgotten and I'm never forgetting. Nailed it. So what do you say? Let's pour a tall glass of Kool-Aid. Let's get this show on the road. I didn't grow up here, but um, it is, it's definitely home. And I, I just can't imagine living anywhere else. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation. Welcome to another episode of the NoosaCast. Uh, very excited. We kind of have a, uh, an Appleton-centric NoosaCast this week which I, I think is awesome. Joe had an awesome opportunity to, um, to interview Jen Stefani, who is the head of ADI of Appleton Downtown Incorporated. Oh, Tosh, some would say it was magical. Indeed. I had a nice glass of Kool-Aid and I'm ready to go, Tosh. This is, might be my favorite news to cast ever. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it too, because I have not heard it. I was busy that night with hockey, so I didn't get a chance to uh, partake in the interview. Um, but very excited. There's lots of cool stuff with uh, downtown Appleton. And, you know, as we talked about downtown Appleton and just starting to reminisce a little bit about growing up. And um, I remember taking the bus down to the exclusive company. Yeah. When it was in downtown Appleton, Appleton to go buy albums. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was a, I remember doing that. That was a lot of fun. Do you still have those albums, Tosh? I, you know what? I actually do still have some albums. I'm not surprised. For those yeah. of you that don't know, Tosh, Tosh is a huge music fan. Always always had the best albums, best CDs, best <laughs> tapes, whatever the... Yeah, we have in our in the Boys and Mine Man Cave down in the basement. It's more of the Boys Man Cave, not mine. They play their video games and stuff. They actually have a record player, and we have some of the old albums um, that, that we still... That I took from my parents' place Yeah, uh, when they got stored there. And uh, so, yeah, we listen to them every once in a while. Oh, that's cool. So, do you have any albums left? No, I don't. I, I haven't had albums in years, but I do kind of. I miss the sound of albums, and, and someday I think yeah. I'll get a record player again and, and rediscover some of the old 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 albums. I can remember, yeah. Well, heck, my mom had them. Remember Barry Manilow yeah. and Lionel Richie, and oh yeah, uh, the Carpenters Absolutely. and and some old bands <laughs> like that. And then, of course, you know the stuff that we liked, you know, Def Leppard or. Kiss, yeah. whatever, whatever the, yeah. the '80s, the hair band, you know, the, the hair bands of the '80s, yeah. and then uh, get into the grunge of the '90s. Yeah, that was so good too. Definitely, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, all, all these the current music now, right? They they, they put out albums again now, so yeah. that's that's awesome. Love to see that. The exclusive company was fun though. That was a cool place to hang out. Yeah, and uh, nothing special. It was just racks of albums and uh, just a, a great place. If I remember right, that would have sat right about where Copper Rock is now, right? Yeah, somewhere near there for for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny. We talked, Jen and I kind of reminisced a little bit because, I mean, we're old enough to see the transition of the Avenue, the seventies. It was, it was shopping, you know, and, and mm -hmm. the eighties, um, there was still shopping. There it was sort of a battle between the mall and, and downtown, Absolutely. but you're right. You know, you had the exclusive company, but you'd go down there to Sears or JC Penney's or, yeah. you know, Walgreens or whatever the case was that you always, the army surplus store. Remember that? That was, yeah. and, and yes. ponds, we covered yep. ponds in our, an old yep. look at new sometime back too. I mean, it was those kind of shops that were, yeah, they were so awesome. What was the store your dad worked at downtown? Yeah, he well, he, so I have a super, I mean, downtown has always been really close to my heart. I mean, my dad worked downtown forever. He was, a, he was, yep. he called himself an underwear salesman, but he was a, a suit salesman at Prangies and he was <laughs> a character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. It was where City Hall is right now. Um, yep. And he was a character, you know, I'm, I'm a head taller than him and that's not saying a whole heck of a lot, but he had a big personality, <laughs> huge laugh and everybody loved him and he was a great sale, you know, suit salesman. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But he, I forgot to say this to Jennifer, but one of the things I do miss downtown is I know there's a, a restaurant, kind of a diner restaurant. I've gone there and it's, it's, it's excellent, but I miss just that old fashioned diner and Prangies used to have one uh, right where that alley mm -hmm. is and that glass that used to be like a, Oh yeah. Almost like a figure eight ish type, you know, lunch counter, but everybody would go there. You could get a malt, you could get coffee, you could get ham and eggs, yep. you know? And, and I don't know, I miss a diner with great big windows and, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just nostalgia, but I feel like that's the one thing downtown needs. Yeah. How about a diner? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There used to be. Yeah. I remember that now that you say that. I don't know if I was ever in it, but I do remember that for sure. Yeah. Um, also, you know, we, we used to have, there used to be department stores. Uh, Gimbal's was another one, wasn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. It's where the old, uh, that's where Copper Leaf Hotel is now. Yeah, Gimbal's, no, actually, Gimbal's was, so you had, where City Hall is, was Prangies, then to the east, mm -hmm. uh, if, if and I can't remember what the development is, but if you kind of walk through what was the old mall at the other end of that, where, I have a story for you in that building, where ASCO is located, that was Gimbal's, if you want the other okay. way, where Park Central is, I think Park Central is either JCPenney's or Sears, and, oh, then, okay. and then a couple of buildings down was the opposite, JCPenney's or Sears, so. Okay. Yeah, right. but they were they were all there, but. And I'm not going to ruin the story because Jen tells it beautifully, but shout out to Earl, who I just have to update. You're going to hear me say when, when Jen and I talk about this, that I have to put my big boy pants on and, and introduce myself to Earl. I did that since we recorded that, that interview, <laughs> and I promised I would get Earl this, but... I just, when people are listening to the story that the Jen tells about ASCO and why they came to downtown Appleton, it's, it's really cool to hear. And I, it's, I think it's exactly what we all hope that downtown Appleton is and, and is becoming. So shout out to Earl for bringing his whole crew to downtown Appleton. And hopefully they become big fans of the NoosaCast. Yeah. And hopefully after this episode, uh, people maybe will get downtown and support the local businesses and restaurants and bars and everything that the, that great area has to offer. That's right. You know, the rage is to actually put your earbuds in wherever you go and you listen to podcasts. So you listen to the news to cast, you go have yourself a drink, you go help yourself a little appetizer here, maybe a little taco there. Right. We used <laughs> to do that. We used to do the college Avenue crawl. Now I want to just <laughs> eat my way down college Avenue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's probably, well, I don't know if it's any better for you, but. Um. Well, they both taste really good, but one makes yeah. me feel better now. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, remember, you can always get these episodes too uh, anywhere you get your podcasts because, uh, you know, we're always looking for new new people to subscribe, new people to listen. So, you know, Spotify, Apple, YouTube are great places. So we have a YouTube page, the NoosaCast YouTube page. If nothing else, just subscribe to that and you can see the Noosa Minute. You can... You can see the the Red Smith Banquet throwbacks. That's that's really what we're most proud of. So we've had a lot of great history, and a lot of that history took place in downtown Appleton at the Paper Valley Hotel. So there's a lot of really cool interviews with video on um, on YouTube on the Newsacast YouTube page. So go check that out. Subscribe and like, share, tell a friend. Do it all. It, it helps us out. <laughs> All right, NoosaCast listeners, it's time for that little look at history that we like to do, uh, where we take a look at, you know, it could be northeast Wisconsin, it could be all over the world, but this week we're going to take a look at Appleton. This is kind of an Appleton-centric podcast this week, so we've decided to take a look at Appleton instead of me looking at sports salaries or talking about the uh, house that Babe, that Ruth built. Uh, So, Joe... What do you have to uh, look at Appleton this week? Well, one, Tosh, I'm just going to try to survive not hearing those stats. That That's first. But <laughs> second, you're going to – so the interview with Jennifer Stefani coming up, you're going to hear talk about Appleton magic, Houdini magic, and I'm beginning to think it, it's real. <clears throat> and here's why I think it's real. So we all know Harry Houdini's from Appleton, and here it's his, he claims it's his birthplace, even though he was technically born in Hungary. But he claims Appleton is his hometown, and we we gladly accept him. And there's a lot of Houdini stuff through throughout Appleton and the Fox City. So I'm not going to get into that. But what I'm going to mention is, and, and this is where it relates to that, how could it be Houdini magic? Well, I think it maybe starts here where they have the official Houdini seance. It's held each year since his, he died in 1926. So every year... Since mm-hmm. 1926, Houdini, you know, he thought that if there was an afterlife, he'd have a way of of contacting ho- however that works. So they they hold the seance, and they, they actually still continue to do it um, someplace that has some significant connection to to Houdini's life, which is pretty cool. His wife attended every every the next ten years after his death until until she passed away. But I can't help but think that maybe maybe Houdini did find a way. And the way he expresses it is with that Houdini magic that Jennifer will explain to us here in a little bit. So that's my old look at new Tash. All right. How about you? Well, I am going to go back to 1942. And in 1942, there was a structure built on College Avenue that was once one of the largest on the avenue. And that structure was the Bacall Building. Um, which later became known for its 50-year run as the Viking Theater. Oh, yeah. And the Viking Theater, you know, there's all kinds of history behind it. And one of the big things, you know, the rumors and the stories is that it has, like, multiple basements. Yeah. And um, it's true that it does have two. uh, But um, the the theater actually opened in, uh, let's see, the Viking Theater began its 50-year run in, in 19, yeah, 1942, all the way to 1992. And then it became several nightclubs, Route 66, Remember that. Uh, Wet, 
<laughs> Luna Lounge. Yeah. And then obviously Hiro Nakashima uh, bought the building in 2015 and renovated it to the new uh, location of Katsuya in 2016. Um, but, you know, the big story is that it has that uh, multiple basements and they tunnel all over the city. Well, there are two, two basements in it, um, but the entire structure is more than 60 feet tall but half of it is underground. Yeah, that's incredible. Man, that was one of the great theaters that was in Appleton. You know, they're, they're oh, all absolutely. gone now, but I remember distinctly, and I don't know what year this was, you, you might remember when the Empire Strikes Back came out. I remember going to going to the Viking <laughs> and standing, you know, up Division Street to get into the place. But yeah, th sure. that was just a class. They used to also have, that was the place where you'd go as a kid for... Uh, Saturday afternoon, you know, uh, movies that probably, I don't know, oh, yeah. quarter movies yep. back in the day, the, oh, I'm blanking I on their names. I... What, what are their names? You know, Curly and well, Oh, the three stooges. Well, no, but yeah, those guys, um, a little bit after that, I'm not quite that old. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh I'm blanking, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we used Tim Conway, the, those kind of movies. He, he used oh, to have okay. the, the Saturday afternoon movies. So. Sure. Yeah. I remember going there to see a Rocky, like, double feature. Oh, yeah, double feature. Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. You know, the, the, the big song. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, that was a, a classic building. I mean, there's some other stuff in Appleton that's really cool with all the ravines and stuff. I mean, you go all the way back to the 1800s, and, you know, the Fox River had tons of tributaries off of the river. Yeah. And all the ravines that make up Appleton are part of that. But, little Joe, did you know that the – current post office is basically built on a garbage dump that the city actually, and they had to put in a, a, a air release system <laughs> because of all the garbage and they're afraid of the methane smell and stuff. Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot there <laughs> that, I, that I can pick apart, but uh, yes, I did realize at one time there was garbage under the post office and that's how, in fact, I read something about that's how they flattened, made the streets level is by encouraging people to throw garbage and basically dirt and everything into the ravines, which is too bad because it would be kind of a cool feature, but yeah. um, probably good for not flooding houses and things like that as well. But yeah, kind of interesting. There's a lot of history people don't know about in Appleton. I expect all my fellow letter carriers that listen to this podcast to applaud me for the restraint that I am now currently showing. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, Tosh. So that was a good old uh, look at new. We hope you enjoyed the segment and on with the show. All right, folks, we have a terrific conversation coming up. Tosh wasn't able to join me, but I had a chance to sit down and have one of the most wonderful conversations I've ever had with the Executive Director of Appleton Downtown Inc. ADI, Jennifer Stefani. I had so much fun. I learned so much. It, it was a super easy conversation. And best of all, I learned that Houdini magic is real. And hopefully by the end of this conversation, you too will believe that same thing. So please enjoy this terrific conversation with Jennifer Stefani. More than anything, the first thing I just wanted to tell you was literally thank you for setting the vibe in, in Appleton. We, we had Dave Willems on about a month ago, and 
literally you two you guys you set the vibe for appleton it's you know like i told you before i grew up in appleton so i mean i've had 50 plus years to kind of see how appleton ebbs and flows and i just i love where appleton is right now and you two just the events what you guys do what what you give us to enjoy is just thank you is is really what i want to say first and foremost that's so cool well thank you it's been um really in in honor and a privilege to to get a chance to serve this community. I mean, I, I've been in my role for 21 years, if you can believe that. I don't know where that time went. It's nuts. But it's been just an amazing journey. And the collaborations that happen in this community, the generosity that surrounds that is just remarkable. And I always say there's just that little bit of Appleton magic. Tip my hat to Harry Houdini there, right? Yes. Like there's a little bit of Appleton magic that gets inserted into these projects that just make it blossom and successful. It's really cool. I mean, that is kind of a real thing, isn't it? And maybe it did start yeah. with Harry because it's like that with almost everything. You know, Dave talked about it with Mile. I'm sure you're going to give us examples. We talked, we, we had Otis on from the parades. It, it's, when we, for some reason, come up with Appleton collectively has just whatever they do, whatever they set their mind to it, it's just literally the best and everybody supports it. And I know it's hard work and all that, but it's just it seems like it's different than other places. And maybe it is that Harry Houdini magic. I, I think there's something to that. I really do. And it, it's our work ethic. Maybe, here. you know, people are and our passion for the community. You know, my sister recently moved to the area and she, she said to me the other night, she goes, wow, man, people really love Appleton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, you, you kind of get and really the whole Fox cities. I shouldn't just say Appleton because, you know, it runs deep here and we're blessed to have a region that just um, has this heartbeat throughout the whole thing. And it's just really cool and, and incredible. You know, when you if you talk specifically downtown, I mean, in, in the 70s, it was the shopping mecca. You know, you had everybody came to Appleton for that. And then that the mall came and it kind of went away. And in the 90s, the Performing Arts Center is built. You kind of have entertainment. Things maybe dry up. And now now the residential boom is is incredible. I mean, that's I mean, that's got to yeah. be exciting for you to, to begin with. But that's just it's nuts to see. I can't believe all the beautiful buildings going up. It's really cool. Uh, you know, in the last, and it hasn't been in a very long time frame, right? We're talking about a really short time frame that so much has has uh, developed. Um, I was just looking at the numbers. It's uh, 487 confirmed units that are either in construction or proposed and have development agreements in for future development. Um, and you kind of have to think about, okay, well, where did we start from that? Just about doubles the number of units that we've had down here. And really that's been since, um, I'll say 2019, when kind of those first units right. started to open, right. but really 2020. So in a very short amount of time, we have seen a large number of new units and th that level of investment in our district is just off the charts oh it's it's it, it's got to be i mean that's and it has to make your work exciting right i mean that's just i mean that's what <laughs> thousands does. of people are moving into into your home 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's yes, exciting. Um, yes, we want to make sure that we can can keep up and meet the need. And we start to think a little bit deeper about things like cleanliness and resident amenities and safety and lighting and walkability and, and beautification. You know, all of those. There are lots of layers to the work that we do. And you know, when it all comes together um that's when great things happen you know so we we see all those things we you know we, we easily just say adi without even thinking about it but what is adi i mean can you tell me the story of adi when, when did it start what what is adi exactly other than sure. a super cool vibe setting unit <laughs> We're a group of, of uh, just really hardworking people. No, so uh, Appleton Downtown Incorporated grew out of what, what I would call a business association. And in 1991, uh, a very dedicated group of small business owners in our community and some community leaders that really rallied around the concept of of forming an association that could take the work further. So ADI since about 1991. And then we, as we grew and began to take on more and more projects, the business improvement district was uh, approved by the city council. And of course the property owners within our district. So that created, I'm, I'm gonna say like another layer or arm of our work and provided a sustainable funding source. So the business improvement district is like a self-taxing entity within our, our central business district. And the properties are assessed based on their assessed value. They have to be a commercial or a mixed use building. So no residential um, would be, no 100% residential, let me rephrase that, would be assessed within the district. But if it's a, a mixed use property, then yes, it would be. And those dollars then are collected by the city and we can get reimbursed for some of the work that we do. And I can get into what some of those layers look like. Yeah. But but to go even deeper then in 2015, we formed a 501c3 organization and really focused in on creating um, art in the public realm and pulling in cultural events and experiences within the downtown. So you begin to kind of stack those layers of work and an opportunity really to, to leverage um, funding sources and collaborative partners and volunteers uh, to be able to, to put the level of work plan together that we have. So do you think back in 91, I know you weren't here then, but you know, that was maybe five, six years after the malls built. So, so downtown is probably has desperate times at, at, at that time. Um, it was, is this the vision kind of what, what they were thinking back then that let's, let's oh, reinvigorate gosh, I, downtown and this is kind of how it's going to yeah. look and it, you, you kind of morph I sure hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope we took it even further <laughs> than what they were imagining. But I really, I really do, because you think about creating those, the events that draw, creating the promotions, doing the image marketing, big part of what we do, yeah. and then um, the, the built environment around us. And, and how do we make sure that it's accessible and it's walkable and parking is affordable and accessible and that we have that business mix that's going to continue to draw. And, and that, of course, ebbs and flows 
um, throughout the years. And we've seen businesses uh, come and, and go. Breaks my heart every single time. Yeah. Um, but we, we know that that's the evolution of an urban core. Yeah, I would imagine. But you, you don't think about that, but you build relationships with, with everybody down there, and it, it's got to be tough for sure. But at the yes. same time, you, you, I mean, I'm sure a big part of your job is is recruiting retention. Um, it, that's got to be super exciting on the other end when, when somebody new comes in and just starts, you know, being successful and, and, and just out there and part of the community, part of downtown. Without a doubt. Um, I, I think I've shed lots of tears. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, I still to to this day, you know, I'm walking into some of the businesses that early part of my career. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Copper Rock Coffee Company. They were one of the first businesses that I had a chance to work with and um, help them kind of navigate with City Hall. And and they were they were still in development when I came in. So it was really cool to be able to work with new business owners right from the get go and to see them flourish the way they have and of course expand throughout our our fox cities region but the downtown still strong so it's really cool no absolutely you know i'm fascinated by events and i i I know that's certainly what you're you're known for i'm always curious especially somebody you know with your success and, and just your resume how do ideas come to you i mean do they do they form relatively quickly are you do they just do you I guess, how, how do you, how do ideas pop into your head? How do you, how do you form events? Oh my goodness. This is such a creative community. Um, a lot of times those ideas are coming to us. Um, just today, I've had conversations on two new, I'm going to say like event concepts uh, and, and how could we collaborate with them? So not necessarily events that we would own or run, but events that other community members are looking to bring to the downtown corridor and how can we help guide them and potentially be a partner in that. So those ideas just kind of keep flowing. Um, we certainly watch trends around the country and really uh, around the world. And I'll use Night Market as a great example. Yeah. Night Market's blossoming in most communities, especially um, throughout Wisconsin and communities of our size, we're kind of like, okay, it's our time, right? Um, Milwaukee's got them, Madison's got them, and and now, you know, Green Bay um, has done such tremendous things with their night market. And uh, we were very cautious about stepping into that arena with Bizarre After Dark, and they come moving around the district, or uh, excuse me, around the Fox Cities. So um, when they said that they they were no longer going to produce Bazaar, um, we were really excited about stepping in and saying, hey, you know, we'd really like to do this. Are you OK? <laughs> that. And, you know, we, we got the, the tip of the hat and we said, all right, let's go. Uh, we were able to put our spin on it and give it a little downtown flavor. Really fun. And we got we two, actually three of them this year, if you count in our holiday version. But oh, I, one in May, one in I, July. And then one in November. I can't imagine how organized you guys have to be to, to just have multiple events. How many events do you do a year? Um, this year we'll do about, I think it's 62. Okay. 
62, 64 events, and that includes, you know, each Saturday when we're hosting Farm Market, the Thursday concert series, the walk events, uh, we manage logistics on the parades, and, and those are ones that we own. Of course, we partner in on a number of other events like Mile of Music and Oktoberfest, um, you know, owned by the Chamber. So there's always an opportunity right. to engage, but... Uh, yeah, we do, we do about 60, 62. I, I don't know if this is a dumb question or not, but somebody like Dave Williams comes to you and it says, hey, Jennifer, I have this idea. It's called Mile of Music. And he kind of drops that on your plate like that. All of a sudden then becomes part of your life just out of the blue. Oh, my God. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Dave, I hope you're listening. And I went, well, you're talking about like a year from now, right, Dave? And he's like, no, I mean, like in months from now. And I, right? <laughs> And it just keeps getting better and better and better. Oh, and, yeah. you know, talk about putting downtown Appleton on the map. Yes. I mean, yes. that event um, was somewhat of a game changer for us in, in so many ways. And we've learned so much from the Mile Music team and so much that they have committed to not only elevating their brand, but elevating our brand. Right. As a community right. and as a downtown. So it's been a, a real privilege to work alongside of that team. It's Harry, to, Harry Houdini's magic, right? Bringing those two things oh, together. Magic. Yes. I'm telling you. You are telling That's me. That's real. I'm, I'm believing it. I'm believing it. <laughs> are you drinking the Kool-Aid? Are you with me? I am. I love Kool-Aid. <laughs> um, so if nice. you ever have downtime and, and you're out traveling, you're Door County or whatever, and you stumble across a farmer's market, can you enjoy yourself when you're in that environment? Or are you always just the brain just going and you're saying we should do this or not do that? Um, yes. Yes and, and no. Um, so my husband was recently downloading photos from my phone and he had to just stop and laugh and point out to me the weird stuff on my phone. He goes, here's a picture of a garbage can and here's what I think is graffiti. Um, this is, there's a curb line that has a crack in it. Like I'm taking pictures all the time. And even when I'm in other communities, of course, I'm like, oh my gosh, that signage is great. And then I have people when they travel, like friends and family, and they'll send me pictures. Um, I have a high level leader in our community. And when he travels, I'll get an envelope with just like either a paper printout of something cool or an article or and i'm like okay inspiration yes but inspiration. you guys have like even the graffiti you guys have implemented that i mean the murals that are that are on these buildings even on like the power boxes or the the street light yeah. boxes there i mean that, that stuff is awesome and it just you don't realize how how much you needed it in the community until it's there right. just how cool it is we absolutely agree with that statement. We we call those um, like it's those sticky moments. It's that unexpected creative burst yeah. when you run into yeah. a mur mural or you you chase the melody of a street musician or the the twinkle of the fairy lights across the College Avenue, and those are the moments that make you stop and say, "Wow, this is somewhere special." Oh yeah, that's got to be the best part of the job, right? Is just those moments. Oh, by far. Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. 100%. Um, when you get to that kind of midpoint of a major event and things are kind of humming and moving along and you can see the faces of the people around you and people are going in and out of the shops and they're supporting the local economy and you say, yep, 
that's why we do what we do. Oh, yeah. It's all good. You know, I asked Dave this question, and I want to ask you as well. So after a big event, whether it's the farmer's market, whatever, I mean, can you, how do you unwind, say the night of and, and maybe the next morning? Like how, or, or do you even unwind? It's it, Your schedule is nuts, so maybe you don't have time, but. Not a lot of time to unwind. Um, I am so grateful to have the team that I have and they are amazing and they divide and conquer and they get it done. Uh, we come, usually we come together the next morning and we debrief right away, of course, and talk about the good and talk about the bad and what are we going to do different. And, and then we talk about the next. Yes. <laughs> the yes. Next. So there's not a ton of downtime, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, we kind of crafted it that way. So you pull those moments then, I guess, in those reflection times, right? When you're sitting there overlooking the crowd, that that's really when it becomes, okay, this is when it's worth it. This is why I do it. Let's, For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. And that, and really the events are just one piece of the work that we do. And, you know, there are lots of those kind of layered moments of, yeah, you know, you, you walk into a new business that opens or you read the news about a world headquarters moving into your downtown and you start thinking about all the work that's come up to that point mm -hmm. and that we've just kept building on the work and, and the improvements and the enhancements. And we've, we're now at that point of um, some pretty deep investment in our community and that level of commitment of bringing employees back and renovating buildings and building residential. And it's pretty remarkable, really. Absolutely. What is the, when we talk about ADI, I guess, what is your footprint? I mean, is it, sure. I, mean, I think down like, it's like Poplar Hall down, down in that area. Do you consider that, that part of your domain, like the stuff around the library? What, what would be the footprint of ADI? Yeah, again, there's kind of those layers to it, right? So the Business Improvement District has very set boundaries uh, based on the assessment list that's created by the city. And then there's what I would call the Central Business District that kind of expands a little bit beyond that. And then there's like the greater downtown area. And yes, definitely we work with a ton of riverfront businesses and we run the, our, we're a partner in the trolley to really try to get that kind of mobility and access and getting people to move around the district more. Um, we have lots of support on the riverfront and uh, quite honestly, we'd, we'd like to do more in that space. And as, as we see more and more businesses open and more attraction points, we're a stronger destination when we can all work together on it. So I know, I know there's been conversation about, well, riverfront events and, and when is that going to roll into the mix? And, We've got some ideas. I'm just going to say that. Oh, There's some really oh, good ideas. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that for one second. You know, one of my f favorite venues that popped up, and I've gone to three shows there now at Poplar Hall, and I cannot believe yeah. that the, the national groups, I saw Yonder Mountain String Band there the other night, and right. it's an awesome, awesome venue. The sound is incredible, really, really cool building, and it's, man, that's a hidden gem. Oh, absolutely. The whole River Heath development is really, it, it, well, first of all, it's beautiful, right? It, yes. it sits on the river bay there and it is just gorgeous. And it's very well thought out. And anybody who 
has that passion for environment uh, the way that developer did, Mark Giel. He really wanted to showcase uh, the riverfront and bring something special to downtown. Adding the, the music venue was on his wish list from early on, early on. So, and I can remember talking with, with Mark about it and where it would fit and doing the shows and being able to open the doors. And, oh, there were some other ideas that flowed around an ice rink and some other cool stuff. So who knows what's coming next yeah. down there? But um, he curates a, a very high level performance. And it's if you haven't seen a show there yet, check it out. The shows sure. that he, he's bringing in, I mean, these are national groups. I mean, they tour nationally. And, and I cannot believe because mm-hmm. Appleton is, you know, we're not really near anything. It may be, you know, we're two hours north of Milwaukee or whatever. It's, it's kind of tough for him to get here. But to get groups like Yonder and, and Dark Star mm-hmm. Orchestra and things like that, I just it blows my mind that they're coming up here. And it's just it's. We, we talked to Dave about it too, you know, that, that Nashville tie, it just, it's such, yeah. it's so cool to have music be a part of, of, of everything. It's just, it's getting stitched into what, what we are. And we've always been a sports town for sure, but yeah. music is, yeah. Music's our soul. I hope. Ooh, I love that. Yes. I think you hit that right on the head. Music is definitely a piece of our soul and you're right. It's that, that tapestry that kind of weaves us together. And, you know, each one of those, stitches is really a a unique experience and and it can be music and it could be theater and it could be spoken word and it could be uh, visual arts. Um, We're so blessed to have all of that. I I have to, I I love art so much. And I, and I I know you'd mentioned earlier that that you're involved with art through, through Appleton downtown. Is that the biggest Mm -hmm. criticism that you receive is just the artwork? Do I mean, are people critical of it? I, I, I always laugh at it because nobody ever gives it a chance. I, I live kind of close to remember that one statue that was right by the College Avenue Bridge uh, made out of I propane do. tanks. I kind of liked it. it. You know, it wasn't out my front window, but I kind of liked right. it. But it, it yeah. everybody just hates it right away. And I, I feel for you. I'm wondering if, if, if you get that backlash initially and then it grows on everybody. Well, yeah, a lot of the, well, the large scale sculptures um, came out of Sculpture Valley, another nonprofit organization that um, we have the privilege to benefit from and, and work alongside. And I think they got the first hit, right? And and then we kind of got pulled into that conversation as well. And art can be a tricky thing, especially when you're talking about art in the public realm. Art in the public realm is for so much more than just beautification. It's about striking up a dialogue or inspiring imagination. And it's a, it can be about inclusion and being a more welcoming community. It can take on so many facets of the community. So we have to be kind of open-minded to, yeah, there's going to be some criticism sometimes. And, you know, I have to just kind of say, well, that's got to be okay. It's got to be okay. Yes. And as a community, yes. we're we're pr- pretty well rounded community that um, we can have those conversations. Nice. I think that's really important. It's always a few people we have to educate, but but you're yeah you're you're correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, music, obviously, we've talked a ton about it, and there's no better night in the summer than a Thursday night to to go down to Jones Park or even you know Houdini Plaza in, in years past. Yeah. What is it like to put that on? I mean, how do you? How, how do you pick the lineup? How do you um, 
just what, what's your day like? I mean, it's, I mean, there's thousands of people there it, it has to be, I, I'm sure it's clockwork for you guys, but can you speak to just kind of how, how that day unfolds for you? Yeah, for sure. Well, the planning starts in December and we start talking about lineup interests and come together with our, our booking agent that we've been working with for years and years and years since probably day one. And we go through the lineup from the last probably four or five years and we say, all right, well, who are the must haves? Right. right. There's always those. And um, what's new? What can, who can we bring in that's going to be new and exciting? And um, we have a few of those this year. I can't quite release that okay. out of the bag yet. But, <laughs> Even um, if I stop recording? We're, <laughs> 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 uh, we're going to try something new this year on one of those Thursdays, and we're really excited about it. I'd love to get your your feedback. Um, as as always, we, we want to try to reach a wide range of music lovers and enthusiasts so we're hoping we can hit some new notes <laughs> i love See it what I, did there? <laughs> I, I saw what you did very nice well done <laughs> but the setup yeah to get back to kind of like what's that daily <laughs> here's where i have to just give props to my team and the volunteers an event like that takes i do a quick count it's about two dozen people that make that event hum every thursday night and I don't know how I got so lucky, but I have this dedicated crew of about 30 people that have been with me, real, some of them since we started wow. that series, which I think was 2006, maybe. Um, so it's been a long time running and they come every week. Like so every Thursday, every Thursday, yeah. you can count on these folks to do sling beer whatever wow yes. it's remarkable how do you do that i mean how do you do that <laughs> you take good care of them yeah. right like and make sure you're appreciating them make sure they have a good time yeah if they're not having a good time they're not going to come back right so we make it a fun environment and many hands make light work so we make sure that we're well staffed obviously nights when we have some of those bigger bands um you don't rest much pretty constant yeah and then of course we we have a party with everybody at the at the end of the season um actually host that party at my home oh and uh, and bring all the volunteers to my home everybody brings a dish and that's that's community that's community that's that appleton magic yeah absolutely salute harry right Maybe that is the secret sauce is, is taking care of the volunteers. It's it's one of the yeah. subjects we touch on when we especially when we talk to youth, you know, sports groups and things like that. They're always fighting for volunteers and you know, you hit it on the head. Take care of them. Make it a fun environment. Yeah. I mean, it's I like to have fun. Maybe I'll volunteer. Absolutely. Come on down. I got a spot for you. Oh, I, I would love to. And I should. I really should. It's uh And you get a t shirt. Oh, well then I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> right? Doesn't, doesn't that just make it all better? Oh, totally. Yes. T-shirts make everything better. Right. Um, so circling back to, to ADI, and I, I know you said the different uh, spokes on, on the stool or the different legs on the stool, the, the creative Appleton component, is that, now that's relatively new, right? Is um, spoke, I guess, so to speak? Yeah, we formed the 501c3 in, it was late 2015. Oh, okay. And and they started to take on that that art piece the creative 
environment, pace, uh, cultural performance, and really dove into how can we enhance the built environment to make it more welcoming, more inclusive, more representative of our community. So the the project that we did first uh, that you had mentioned earlier was the the traffic control boxes. Um, still to this day, probably one of my favorite art projects that I have had an opportunity to be a part of. And we worked with the Appleton Area School District art teachers, and we brought in representatives from cultural organizations to share um, images, textiles, art, color, um, talk about what art means in their culture. And we just, we spent a couple hours together and just talked about it. And then the, the teachers went back to their classroom and engaged the students in creating artwork. And we had them photographed and made into the, uh, the clings that go on the traffic control boxes. It took a little longer than we expected to get the project done, but what a great result. Like way that. better than I ever would have imagined. Oh, I would, I would imagine to get the kids involved like that too. It's, yeah. oh yeah, I love that stuff so much. What, what else do you guys in, in particular with that group have, have in mind? What, um, what else can we expect in the future? <laughs> <laughs> Besides Harry Houdini magic. <laughs> right. Well, the night market events are really a great opportunity for us to showcase some of the talent in our community and embrace that and we have a new project with the Appleton Area School District. Um, one teacher in particular that's working on some large scale sculptures that we're really excited about. Of course, we're uh, looking to partner again with um, local artist uh, Neo Medina on Paint the City 3 in downtown. So keep an eye on that. So another large scale mural again, Appleton Area School District students involved in that project, very, very large mural <laughs> creation it takes about two and a half weeks oh, to, wow. to paint the full thing. And uh, it's going to be pretty remarkable. So we're excited about those two particular projects. And uh, we, we'd like to bring our parklet back. It's going to move around this year, probably pop up in a, in a different spot. Yes. We have the ice carvings coming up next. So that's going to be February 24th. And well, they go out on the 23rd. And then we hope that the weather cooperates and they're there for that Saturday as well. Cause we also have our pop-up winter market that same day. So February 24th is going to be a really cool day to, to move around the district and experience. It, oh, absolutely. The, the pop-up winter market. I saw that. So what, what is that exactly? What, what can we expect? So typically this would be the time of year that we'd be hosting market vendors inside the city center mm -hmm. building. Of course, with the Fox Commons project and they're under construction, um, we, we didn't have an opportunity to do that. So we were ready to shelf it. And uh, a couple of my board members said, hold on, you know, why don't we try this? And let's see if some of the businesses would host vendors within their space. So we put the ask out and we had great response, both from businesses and vendors within our community. And we were able to kind of stitch it together and we, get, we gave it a shot. So we, we did one in January already and we've got the one in February and then we'll have one more at the end of March. No, I love it. What year number is this going to be for the parklet? I think I can remember all the locations. That's a really good question. I um, love the parklet so much. Four? What? This will be our fourth season. So you were on State so Street. You were on Washington. I forgot where. 
Where were you? We were State Street two years. Oh, you were? Okay. One on one side of the street, and then we moved to the west side of the street, and then we were on Washington. So, Do, does yeah. it, I love that so much, that, that little... I'd like to see more of them. Do people use them? Do you think? I mean, it, it, I've seen people in there periodically. We did see people using them. I, I think the Washington Street location was heavily used on Saturdays. So farm market goers, we saw lots of people stopping with their coffee and their egg rolls yeah. and um, their hand pies and having a little sit down, especially with their with, with kids and families. So that was a really nice addition to that end of town where it had been on the West end for a couple of years. So I don't know, we, we actually haven't explored a new spot yet. Alrighty. So let me know what ideas you have. I will. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it as I'm delivering mail. So it's a, uh... Perfect. I have time to think, you know, where the isn't that going to be an amazing area, the library area in a couple of years? Oh, I cannot believe the growth and what that's it's, it's going to look so different in two years. It's going to look very different. And, you know, the rise um, housing development is on, on the rise. And of course, the, the library is in construction. The, there's a future project that could happen with the transit the Urbane 115 um, housing development that's right behind the Fox Commons building. That one is actually already starting to occupy. They're at about 27% occupancy already. So we're really starting to see um, what the city would call uh, the, the College North neighborhood. Yeah. And they did that plan about a year and a half ago, and it's already starting to work. We're already seeing interest in development and new opportunities within that whole corridor. So it's really an expansion opportunity for downtown. Maybe it's just me, but I I remember them talking about that. And then uh, you're right now, all of a sudden it's happening. You have all those new buildings yeah. up on, on Oneida Street and, and obviously the library. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it just explodes out of nowhere. It is, is it moving super quick or is it just, is that, is it normal? <laughs> I, I, it's kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if I can answer that because <laughs> I know a lot of work happened kind of leading up to it. So I, I, I think from a city perspective, when you, you think about the whole planning process and, you know, a lot of people roll their eyes at, oh, another plan, you know, the city's investing in another plan. But you know what? Those plans work. Yeah. They work. They give us a guideline and give us information to share with developers that's why it works. That's why they invest in them. And that, it makes good sense. That's really good that you explain that because I'm pretty sure most people don't know that or yeah. even understand. And it's so easy to just say you're wasting money, but wow, to see, to, to actually see it in motion. It's yeah, I love that. Um, do, do you ever see a day that Amtrak comes up here? Do you think we'll ever have train service or is mm -hmm. that just a pipe dream? It's a great dream. I love that. Dream. Yeah, I love the train. I, I know there's a lot of conversation about rail in Wisconsin. So yeah, yeah, just uh, good dream. It is. I love. I love the pipe dream. So then, so circling all the way back to to ADI, how how are you guys funded? How I mean, I'm sure you always can use donations, things like that. How how do you make it all go from a financial standpoint? Great question. Some days I'm not really sure either. <laughs> I try to ask so, the again, cutting kind of, <laughs> Back to the different arms and kind of layering of our work, uh, the business improvement district kind of providing that, that one layer of work. And it, it's about 30% of our funding comes from 
the uh, special assessments within the business improvement district. So those dollars are really dedicated towards business recruitment. We have a business recruitment grant program, a facade grant program. Uh, we do a lot, like I had mentioned earlier, in the image marketing category, and a lot of those dollars are invested there. Clean, safe, and friendly, uh, making sure that downtown is clean and it has flowers and there are banners. Um, that's all part of that budget as well. And then there's the event revenue. So we've been very blessed to, to have our events become what we call sustaining events, things like the farm market and the concerts really help us provide a level of, of funding that help us to be able to afford having an office and internet and employees and all of those good things. And then there's of course a, a level of what we'll call membership and investment into the organization. A lot of that does revolve around sponsorship of events, but we do have businesses that just wanna see downtown succeed and they're willing to invest in us with a, a membership let's say. And we have uh, three star supporters that I'm so excited to be able to say yes. The three have have said yes. <laughs> and that's um, our friends with ASCO who now uh, reside here in downtown Appleton. Renewal by Anderson, who's one of our very first uh, star supporters. And um, new to the game is Fox Communities Credit Union nice. um, as one of our star supporters. So you'll see them at all of our events and they really give us that flexibility and level of investment that let us do what we do. I know ASCO is, is a pretty special story story for downtown. I mean, can you can you tell that story about how, how they came to downtown Appleton? So we had been um, able to work with ASCO for a number of years prior to them moving downtown. They were a star, star support, well, a concert supporter first, and then it kind of grew and grew. And um, they reached that star level and they said, you know what, we just keep hearing from our employees that they love downtown. And when they were searching for a new home, I, you know, I, I know they looked at a lot of options and they loved the environment of downtown and what that brings to their employee base. Um, it, it's a special place to be able to park once, uh, walk uh, to lunch, to services, to experiences, to hear live music and just be a part of an energy within a community. And that was really something special. Not to mention that there's access to parking, covered parking for employees, that's huge. Um, and it, they were able to create a beautiful space. It is really nice. It's something special. That's really cool. Is that Earl? Is Earl the? Uh, it is yes. Earl. Yeah. So I I need to <laughs> I need to put the big boy pants on and say hi to him. He Earl. Yeah. I don't know if Earl listens to podcasts, but shout out to him. I see him every morning at Crunch. He he kicks it every morning in the classes, wow. doing the hit classes. So that dude is a Fantastic. workout warrior. So shout out Earl. Well, that is outstanding, Earl Chinkat. You're you're our hero today. Yes. <laughs> And I will say hi to you. He he refers to me as Chris's friend with the crazy hair. So <laughs> I, love I love that. that. Yeah, me too. That's good. <laughs> um, it, you mentioned, I know we briefly touched on it, but how do you recruit business? I mean, I, it almost seems like it was just conversations and just you being you and your group being your group and with, with ASCO that kind of made that happen. Um, but how do you do business recruitment? What What goes into that? 
there are a lot of people that work way harder at business recruitment in this community than I do. The commercial real estate folks um, that that represent the properties down here, uh, wow, just outstanding. And they are able to tell the story. And when I can, I tag along or provide them information because we can go a little bit deeper about that story and about the neighborhood. Um, it's probably one of my favorite parts of my job is being able to go on a potential new business visit and go along on a walkthrough, say, of a property that they might be looking at and be able to talk about the connectivity yeah. of our neighborhood and what it looks like, feels like, some days even smells like to be downtown. Yes. You get that, yes. that waft of roasting coffee beans. Oh, and it, right? It's this full layered experience. So it's... It really does when they say it takes a village. It, <laughs> business recruitment takes a village from the city of Appleton to the real estate agents to the Chamber of Commerce. Um, sometimes when we, we're doing business visits, all of those folks are together and it's a real collaborative effort. I mean, you kind of, I guess that's sort of what ADI is. And gentlemen, you guys are that glue. So you're able to, you can sell the vision, right? I mean, you, you, I, I love that you need that. That's almost got to be the deal closer when, when you just can lay out the story like that, you can just, it becomes you, you can feel it. The storyology is pretty important yeah. to who we are and what we've created downtown. Um, we recently did some work along the lines of storyology uh, along with another downtown business, A to Z design. And we dove in a little bit and we started to think about all the different audiences that our stories touch and that we need to make sure that we're representing that wide range of audiences in our image marketing. So it's, um, again, kind of that layered work of making sure that we're, we're including everybody and we're recruiting new residents and new businesses and visitors. Um, we work side by side with the convention and visitors bureau often as well. Of course, our, our partners at the Fox City's Performing Arts Center, the Trout Museum of Art, the Building for Kids, right? We have all these amazing destinations down here that, that really add to the depth of that story. The Fox Valley Convention Bureau, they bring in some crazy events too, don't they? The axe throwing. What? I love that. Did you see that? I Did you come that. down and see it? <laughs> it, it was remarkable. Oh. And what was cool is they were here uh, during the time that we were hosting our holiday event in Houdini. So we, we <laughs> connected with our friends at um, Appleton Axe and said, hey, bring the trailer down. You know, we'll tell the story. We'll let people know that, that you're down here. And um, we've had an opportunity to work with them several times, and they're just outstanding. So they have the mobile axe throwing unit that... It's just really cool. Oh, my God. Who doesn't want to throw axes? It's safe. Yes. It's safe. Safe for anybody. <laughs> right. But the axe throwing, uh, the whole competition was remarkable. And we love to hear the feedback either at the end or even months after when they're, they're getting feedback from their convention goers. And we, we typically hear the same thing. They're surprised. They're surprised by how walkable we are, how much we have to offer, how safe they felt, and what a great time they had, of course. Absolutely. You know, you've mentioned it numerous times, and I should just know this, but it really is a walkable downtown. It's a walkable city, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we're very linear. 
in downtown. As we're talking about the riverfront growth and College North growth, um, that's going to ebb and flow and that's going to change and expand for sure. But right now, when you talk about like sight lines, when you're traveling to a community that you've never been before, to be able to see where your hotel is yeah. down the street, yeah. that means a lot to somebody's safety. Um, we, we work in like I said, a lot of, of different areas talking a lot about safety right now in downtown and the community at large and what that means in our neighborhood. Uh, when we look at, at lighting and traffic cameras and um, individual businesses and, you know, it's it's really cool when the business owners are, are coming to you to say, how can we be part of the solution? And that's that level of collaboration that we're, we're able to foster. I love that. Every every podcast, we have a segment called An Old Look at New, where we just kind of find just something to, to, to talk about. And one of them was the the angels, the, the Avenue of Angel Lights. And mm-hmm. because I'm old, I forgot the lady's name that, that, that went to you at, at one time. To, to, Francis. Yes, Francis. Thank you. Francis thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I probably didn't do that story justice, but could could you talk about her? Because the, I mean, that yeah. has always been part of Appleton are, are, the, are the lights. I mean, people, I mean, it's an attraction. Um, could you talk Absolutely. about her and just the, 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 yeah. the Avenue of lights? I, I, I love them. I'm and, trying to remember what year that was. Um, I don't have that in my brain right now, but um, I'll never forget that phone call. Um, and it was one of those calls where you go, did I hear you right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were working on renovating the angels, both the pole angels and the intersection. um, And I I should call them trumpeters. Um, They called lots of things, the Avenue of Angels is kind of how people know them. And uh, we were kind of selling them one at a time. And then I got the call um, that Francis wanted to help. And I said, great, you know, um, are you thinking one or two? She said, no, I don't think you understand. Um, we want help with all of them. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, I mean, talk about just blown away by the philanthropic generosity of this community. And they still hold her name to this day, which is amazing. They probably need some new garland, but we'll get, we'll get to that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so that, that was that moment where I thought, man, this, this place is something special. Cause that was early on in my time here with ADI. So that, that was a really special time. And, and Francis continues to be an angel for us. Um, <laughs> you, you got me thinking on the smells still of downtown. You know, as a as a letter carrier, I love it when I get to do the the College Avenue loops because you can literally the 600 block is sushi and the 500 block is yes. Italian and you know right. just I just love that so much and you know the 200 yeah. block is whatever Katsuya. It's just oh that the restaurants and the smells mm-hmm. are just next level. It's part of the experience. It is. Um, you know, same with farm market. When you walk through farm market, you expect to smell the kettle corn, and you know you want you want to have that kind of full immersive experience. And yeah, smell is part of that. So for know. you, guys, I hope it's not bad smell. Oh my! But... You, it never, 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 we never. Really, we really try. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> Hundred years ago, when we had horses, maybe a different story, but. <laughs> different <laughs> the farmer's market i mean I, it's probably what you guys are most well known for if, if maybe thursday night not sure but 
that thing has just exploded. It's expanded. It's, it's again, that's an event and an attraction. What I suppose it's like clockwork for you, but I mean, there's always got to be thought, right? And just that that's always evolving. It, it got me thinking about yeah. just the little, like the little smells. I mean, are you guys going into detail of the popcorn machine should be here and the street musicians should be here? <laughs> I mean, is that, is that all part of like the, what goes into it? Sort of, because you really, you have to think about spacing of food vendors, um, where the lines are going to intersect. You have to think about enough cooking space and power. So the food placement really has to happen first in, in a farm market, in, in most events, just because you have to make sure that you're um, able to manage the infrastructure that they need. And then, of course, music, because you don't want to cross sound between block to block. So where the musicians are, are set is another kind of piece of that layout, where the toilets are, how the people flow, uh, where the hard barricades go, how do, how do we get in and out? Um, if I need to get an ambulance in, how do we maneuver that? So you really do have to think about all the different levels of um, infrastructure it's not easy being an event planner is it no it's not <laughs> but it's literally one of the best jobs ever isn't it it's a pretty cool job you know and it's again that my team is is just remarkable and and i have folks that we're able to work with and collaborate with that really get it and i can't stress enough the importance of the relationship we have with the city of appleton to make those events happen. It doesn't happen without that partnership and that collaboration and that flexibility for us to be able to use things like a city street and to be able to, to put barricades and close off, you know, a, a major roadway in our community. So um, I can't thank the mayor and his team enough for all that they do for us. It's really, really vital. And that is a misconception I'm sure a lot of people have is that they think that you are a part of the city and that that is not the well, truth yeah. at all. Right. Yeah. I, I probably should have started with that. I usually <laughs> open with that line. Um, we're not technically a part of the city. We are a separate nonprofit organization. Um, however, our work crosses over so often with so many of the different departments. I had a meeting yesterday. I had um, three department heads in a room and two older persons. <laughs> so you just you have to keep those connections. And again, I, I can't stress how absolutely critical it is that they're open to working with us and willing to guide us and give us an opportunity to create these experiences in our community. That's neat to hear. It's, it's, it's pleasing to hear. I, it's, you see the results. I mean, we, we've said it a hundred times. It's just, there's no better downtown than, than what we have going here. One last question. Is there anything just downtown? Do you have a wish list of what you'd like to see maybe over the next couple of years, five years, something like that? I don't think anybody is going to be surprised when I say a grocery store. Oh, yeah. 
as we talk about it probably every week in our office um, we have of, of course our partners at the city and the fox city's chamber of commerce talking about that as well and it really is at the top of our wish list right now and we want to be able to serve the residents and make sure that they have access uh, to food like that that's really yeah. a critical yeah. element and as we talk about kind of the the nature of an urban core and living in a downtown district, um, you're going to want to walk to get groceries, mm -hmm. but that grocery store also has to have drive up traffic. So it's a really fine balance of finding the right location, the right size, and it's all about the operator and the routing. Taking everything out of consideration, is there an ideal-ish location for it downtown? I mean, would it be Richmond Street? Would it be more central? Would it, where any thoughts we would aim for something that's a little more central and and this is me just kind of yeah it's a safe talking space. Off the top of my head. yeah right <laughs> i'm gonna get phone calls after <laughs> this area um as we looked at the college north plan um we, we see some opportunity within that plan and there certainly could be something there um, we, we've also looked at some of the college avenue space and said, you know what, this has some real potential. So we've got to get creative yeah. with the parking and the drive up kind of pickup solution as well. So it's it's going to take some maneuvering and it's probably a few years down the road. But if anybody out there listening runs a grocery store, come on down. Yeah, come on down. <laughs> come on down. <laughs> Do you still catch grief for the, uh, the traffic patterns downtown or is everybody well adjusted? Oh lane reconfiguration yeah yeah we can talk about that actually um it's been very positive for the most part I mean, we still hear a little bit about some of the the turning delays and um, of course there's there's more what they call green time on college avenue now which makes if you're crossing college from a side street your wait is a little bit longer but that is very strategic Eric Lawn, the traffic engineer at the city, is a very smart man, knows exactly what he's doing with this. And they had some tweaking they had to do when, when everything kind of first laid out. But um, hopefully you hear from, from your listeners as well, but um, we see it flowing pretty well. It does. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, I like it. I, it doesn't bother me, but this is coming from, and this might fall under too much information, but the NoosaCast listeners know that I bike everywhere. In 2023, I did not put one ounce, one gallon of gas in my car. I biked everywhere. So, what? yeah, totally for real. That's amazing. Well, either that or it's just a sad state of where I am in life. One of the two. I don't know, but I kind of like That's biking. That's a great <laughs> story for our community to tell, quite honestly. No, well, I, I hope I you tried out our new bike lanes. Well, I then. do, but I, I have I have a question for you on the, on the bike lanes sure. downtown. Yeah. So I'm biking downtown. I'm I'm going westbound downtown, and I want to go have sushi. How do I turn left? Okay. Do I have to like stop at the stoplight mm. and walk my bike across the street? Or it was really really hard to turn left from the yeah. bike lane. Trying to figure it I'll out. I'll ask Eric that question. I'll get back to you. Okay. But please be careful. Obviously. <laughs> oh, I will. Um, we hear often that the safety feature of the new lane reconfiguration is very well received. So when you're parking your vehicle and now you have that 
spike lane kind of cushion when you're exiting your vehicle. So you're not exiting right along directly adjacent mm-hmm. to moving traffic um, has been another benefit. Yeah. So I just yeah. wanted to, to throw that out there. But the, the bike lanes, I, I see your point about the turning. It's not a big deal. It was just a, it's just a question. I love yeah. the, I love the bike lanes. In fact, I know that's probably, you know, everybody complains about them, but there are some great bike lanes like John street, you know, you can get from downtown all the way out to, you know, Calumet and it's yeah. an awesome bike lane. I use it every day. It's, it's, uh, you know, I love it going across Absolutely. the bridges. They're, they're all, I love that. It's a biker friendly city and you yeah. can bike year round. You know, they, they invented fat tires for us up here. So we're, we're good to go. Absolutely. Do you rock some fat tires? I rock some fat tires. First time this year, nice. my, my new fat tire. The wheels nice. light okay, up. Okay, you need to you need to wear a what do they call it? It's a, a GoPro yeah. camera, man. Get some get some biking footage for me. You're the perfect person to tell this story to. And I got totally lucky. But my favorite downtown biking experience. It was right. It was the Friday of. Oktoberfest when you when all the cars are lined up right at I took a half a day that day from I work I'm a I'm a letter carrier so I left the post office and I was up up near pixel pro up at the 600 block of college avenue they had just shut down the avenue nobody down the avenue I got on my bike and I went right down the double yellow line from state street (laughs) all the way to drew street hair flowing and I was just flying they had every intersection was closed and I I was loving downtown for that four or five minutes. It was pretty sweet. Should have had a GoPro for that one. Camera on your handlebars would have been sweet. Next year, next year. Yeah, next time. Next time. Jennifer, thank you. Thank you so much. I I love this and great conversation. I love downtown. I love your work and thank you for hanging out with me. Well, thanks for inviting me and, and having great conversation and making it easy to talk about the work that we do. You know, we're so often talking about what's happening downtown and um, we forget to talk about who we are and what we do and our role in all of this. So thank you for the opportunity. It means a lot. Tosh, it is that time again, once again, for a Red Smith Banquet Throwback. The original idea for this podcast was to release release these segments, and we love it. Tosh, we get to look back, and we're going to go back to 1994 at the Paper Valley Hotel. Um, we had, that was a great banquet. We had Ernie Harwell, the, the, the legendary Detroit, uh, Detroit Tiger speaker. And then uh, we honored Bob Harlan, who, and of course, 1994, the Packers were primed to make their run uh, to the Super Bowl. But we had a Nita native receive the Red Smith Award. And the Red Smith Award goes to somebody that's contributed to sports uh, locally in in the state of Wisconsin. And there is nobody that's more deserving than than who we gave it to that year. And that's Jill Lieber. And I know you're going to say, who's Jill Lieber? Well, she is an absolutely incredible sports journalism or journalist. Uh, wrote for Sports yeah. Illustrated for for years, 
broke of all things the Pete Rose gambling scandal because of her. Yeah. You know, that led Major League Baseball to, to begin the investigation and think whatever you want of Pete Rose. He he obviously gambled on something, you know, right or wrong, whether he should be in the Hall of Fame. Jill Lieber is the one that, that did that investigative journalism, and that, that that's pretty yeah. insane. And she's a Nina High School valedictorian. Yeah, she was. In fact, she's a three-time Pulitzer Prize winner. Uh, for Sports Illustrated as well. I mean, her, I I saw something in uh, Sports Illustrated vaults, and she kind of talks about not being super proud to say she was from a small town in nowhere, Wisconsin, but um, comes to realize how much she really appreciated it. But her ties go all the way back to the late 1800s, and her great-grandfather, uh, William Brown, was a carpenter and built the columns that still stand in front of Main Hall at Lawrence University. How cool is that, Tosh? So, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, if you get a chance, I, I, you can just find that at vaults.si.com, uh, and you can kind of get a little information about about Jill. And um, yeah, you know, again, stories that from people in the Fox Valley that you really don't know about. Here's a chance for you to get to know her. Let's enjoy Jill Lieber from Nina, Wisconsin, an absolute epic sports journalist. Enjoy. <laughs> Red Smith Sports Awards Banquet Throwback. The Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin and also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. Uh, Jill, Jill, this is the 1994 Red Smith Sports Award presented to Jill Lieber for your outstanding contribution to sports journalism. Good luck. First of all, I think I should clear a few things up. <laughs> I don't want to get blamed for all these things. Uh, number one, I'm not in charge of the swimsuit issue, so I cannot get you a date with the woman on the cover. You wouldn't want to go out with her anyway because she's too skinny. The other thing, I had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that we didn't run anything on the Rose Bowl this year. <laughs> but I can give you a phone number and a fax and an address if you want to write to New York or phone the managing editor. You <laughs> the other thing is, I don't think I would have wanted to be prom queen, even if somebody would have nominated me. <laughs> but I'll let you in on a little secret. I was a cheerleader. <laughs> but for volleyball and wrestling, the runner-up girls. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with banishing George Steinbrenner. I helped bring him back. <laughs> but what you can blame me for is the Tony Mandarich cover. <laughs> and Bob Harlan is the nicest guy because he's still my friend after that. 
I have to admit that when I received a letter this summer informing me that I'd received this award, I was very surprised. And when I scanned all the list of the past winners, I was overwhelmed. I actually went back and reread the letter, handed it to my husband, and said, this can't be. Every year they send me a press release. This is just a press release, isn't it? And he said, uh-uh, you're, you're winning this award. And I thought it was pretty interesting because I'm not an athlete, I'm not a coach, I'm not an Olympian, and I've never donated money to build buildings for speed skating rinks or hockey teams or basketball teams. In fact, it was pretty exciting to me because the only other woman who's won it was Jane Pettit, and she and her husband won it together, so I'm actually the only woman to get it on her own. <laughs> And then, and then I started thinking about the past year in Wisconsin and all the people who could have actually gotten this award. And I thought, you know, I, I didn't lead the Badgers to their first Rose Bowl victory in 30-some years. I didn't lead the Green Bay Packers to their second straight winning season, you know, back to the glory days of, of Lombardi. I didn't sign the biggest marquee name free agent in pro football nor did I line up and pull the Packer defense up from the cellar to one of the best overall defenses in the NFL. I didn't split my time between running the Milwaukee Brewers and being the interim commissioner of Major League Baseball. And I didn't rebound from an emotional exit after years with the Brewers to become a World Series champion, a World Series hero, hero for the champion Toronto Blue Jays. And I guess I should stop now or you're going to take this lovely award back and wonder why you're giving it to me. But it's too late because it's already engraved. What you've chosen to honor me for is the power of the pen. For 15 years of hard work at all levels of writing, newspapers, magazines, and books, and for being a pioneer of sorts as one of the first and still few women in sports writing, to be totally honest, this hasn't been an easy career path. There have been and still are plenty of roadblocks. And quite frankly, if a young woman were to come up to me tonight and ask about going into sports writing, I'd probably dissuade her. To me, the business world is tough enough for women, but to jump into a field that's so male-dominated is, is and probably always will be very treacherous. But I'm very lucky because I've always had great love, support, and encouragement from my husband, family, and friends. I grew up a Packer fan going to games at Lambeau Field with my father. When I was in eighth grade, he and I were watching the Packers on TV one Sunday afternoon. And the CBS pregame show, The NFL Today, with Brent Musburger, Irv Cross, Jimmy the Greek, and Phyllis George came on. And my dad said, that's what you ought to do. You ought to become a female sportscaster like Phyllis George. Well, back then, sitting in my family room in Nina, Wisconsin, a goal like that seemed pretty unreachable. And when I found out that Phyllis George had also been a Miss America, I figured it was pretty impossible. <laughs> but not having the title of beauty queen on my resume 
was minor compared to the obstacles, the true obstacles that I've faced. In 1978, when I began my career as a writer at the Milwaukee Sentinel, I wasn't given a beat because as a woman, I couldn't be assured of locker room access. So I was put in charge of Your Sports, a participatory sports page, and I wrote about subjects like mommy and baby exercise classes, snowshoeing, and nature centers. In 1979, the Brewers were forced to open their locker room in part because of me. And that first night, with all the snide remarks, it was such a horrifying experience that I had to actually go into George Bamberger's office and sit down and put my head between my knees to keep from fainting. One year when I was working at the Sentinel, I was sexually assaulted during interview with, an interview with a brewer who will remain nameless. Years later, in the summer of 1989, during an investigation of Pete Rose, I had to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the slugger on Easter weekend and remind him that under no uncertain terms should he continue to call me honey. And he replied, all right, honey. <laughs> in the summer of 1990, Faye Vincent, who was then the commissioner of baseball, tried to have me fired after I'd launched my own investigation into their investigation of George Steinbrenner and exposed its one-sidedness. And a couple of years ago, I didn't make many friends with my beloved Packers after my cover story on Tony Mandrich entitled The NFL's Biggest Bust. I've been yelled at, screamed at, cursed at, pushed around locker rooms, bashed in the head by TV cameras, called a number of derogatory words and have probably been and was probably subjected to sexual harassment before Anita Hill brought it to the national attention but I have refused to let those things stop me I was not about to be distracted or deterred from my mission instead I used the hardships to make me mentally tough to give me confidence and more determination above all else the obstacles have made me even more passionate for my job and make me feel that if I can't succeed, then no woman can. All I've ever tried to do is approach journalism and my job the way I'd like to be treated, with a clear mind, no preconceived notions, with fairness and decency, and above all else, honesty. And this is what I strive for and will continue to strive for, to be respected, both inside and outside the sports and journalism fraternities. To be respected as a writer, not as a woman writer or a sports writer, but to be respected as a writer. And I really cherish this award because I really believe that you people have not forgotten about me as I have not forgotten about you and where I come from, and that this is a great mark of respect that you're showing me. Thank you. Great. Well, Tosh, another fantastic throwback, and you know what time it is now, right? It's forgotten, and I'm never forgetting. So, Tosh. Nice work. Yeah, hey, I nailed it. Smooth as can be. <laughs> what is forgotten, Tosh, in, in your world? This is uh, coming from my students because uh, 
I, I guess people get worked up over this, even though it doesn't mean anything. And I want to forget the uh, groundhog. Oh uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I don't know why people, I don't know why people Phil. think it's, it's such a, yeah. Phil Pucks Tony Phil and Jimmy, the groundhog from yeah. uh sun Prairie who bit the mayor in the ear a few years ago. <laughs> um, there, I, I, you know, it's fun and you can look at it and, and enjoy it. Maybe it's the fact that it's the middle of winter and, uh, people want something to look forward to, but groundhog doesn't do anything. It's, it's a 50, 50 chance. You know, sees a shadow. We have six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't, it's an early spring. And uh, to be honest, I saw something from the National Weather Service that they've gone over the last 20 years of uh, Phil's predictions, and he's 30% accurate. So, hey, take it with a grain of salt. Have fun. Phil's with a it. weatherman. But if you, yeah, it is. If you want to, if you want to actually, just remember, March 31st is the spring equinox. And that's when we have, that's the official start of spring. So there you go. Remember, <laughs> it's always the same every year. Remember folks, Tosh is a teacher. <laughs> so after that rant, what have you forgotten, Joe? What are you forgetting? What are you don't care about anymore? Well, Tosh, I don't <laughs> care about embarrassment anymore, Tosh. I was talking to a friend the other day that embarrassment is greater than, uh, well, most there, yeah. The, the embarrassment. If you can get through embarrassment, Tash, and, and, and that's what I'm doing with, with the Noosa Minute. I, I don't know if anybody's watched it. We're taking an attempt at the it shorts on, on the Noosa on the Noosa YouTube page. Check it out. Uh, the numbers are actually going up. And yes, that is actually me on the Noosa Minute <laughs> fighting through embarrassment. But uh, do us a favor and download, please. Just view it. That would be super, super cool. So yeah, forget <laughs> nice. embarrassment, Tash. You're doing great. Yeah. So they You're tell learning. me. You're not a pro. <laughs> I am not a professional. That is correct. <laughs> you a professional, Tash? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> not in anything that I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about never forgotten, Tash? What is never forgotten with you? Well, you know what? This is a, uh, unfortunately, this is not a good year, but one of the things that my boys love, and I remember doing this when we were you know, I, we may not have went skating. We played broom ball, but it's the Jones Park ice rink. Yes. And, you know, that was up when we were young. And I remember going down and, and skating down there. I remember playing broom ball down there. Uh, my boys have enjoyed going there and, you know, playing pickup hockey games. And although it's a bad year for it, what a great um, setting yeah. in the ravine. Uh, they kept it going, you know, when they were, were doing the remodel of Jones Park area, they uh, took it over the Pierce Park and set up the hockey rink there. Uh, but it's it's just a cool setting. It's awesome. Um, it's good to get outside and see people out there skating and having fun. Um, that's just it's a cool thing in Appleton um, in downtown Appleton that just, you know, don't want to forget. No, absolutely. We, we certainly talked, right, a lot of downtown Appleton. That's one of the beautiful gems of downtown Appleton and it triggered a little Red Smith trivia for you Tash Bob Lloyd longtime MC of the, of the banquet always had to have a room the Monday and Tuesday night of the Red Smith banquet it always had to overlook Jones Park so he could watch all the fine Appletonians skate on the rink that's <laughs> in a little different place but yeah that was a Bob Lloyd request during the 70s 80s i guess the 80s and 90s of, of red smith nice. banquet history that's awesome yeah <laughs> so what are you never forgetting joe 
Well, Tash, that same friend that I was talking embarrassment with turned me on to something a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think I'm going to forget this. Actually, I'm kind of liking it. Uh, you, I've always been a coffee guy. I mean, I three cups in already today, and it's pretty early in the day for us <laughs> to be recording, but I love coffee, but tea it is really, really good. And, and especially right before you go to bed, it, uh, I, I've done it now a few times. I've, uh, got the old, the, the steamer kettle going. I kind of like that, the old whistle. And I, you know, I have a cup of tea before bed here a couple of times and I've slept great that night. So two tea, Tash, I'm never forgetting tea. And, um, it's always, it's always fun to get a cool tip from a friend. Yeah. There's some tea that helps me go to sleep. It's called long Island iced tea. <laughs> well, yeah, a couple of those and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to sleep as well. Oh, Maybe not so the good. same type of sleep. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had that. For some reason, I don't get a little spinny when I have that one. But, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty good, though. <laughs> well, anyway, Tosh, this has been an absolutely fantastic, fun show. Thank you to Jennifer. Uh, we are excited, too, for next week. We've got Digstown. You and I are going on the road with our with our equipment, and we're going to hang with the Digstown group after after their gig actually uh this this coming thursday at the paper valley hotel check that out so we're excited for that and hope you folks enjoyed this this newsacast absolutely thank you for listening to another great episode of the newsacast we'd really appreciate it if you hit up our social pages subscribe like follow and don't be afraid to engage Head over to our YouTube channel to get exclusive content like the full interviews and speeches from the past Red Smith banquets. Thanks for listening to the NoosaCast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so and tell a friend. A huge thank you to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Help us grow by subscribing wherever you get your pods or sharing the NoosaCast. Follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok, or Instagram. One of the best ways to help us grow is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501c3 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and bring greater awareness for youth sports organizations in Northeast Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays Grant, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes.